Well, hello everybody. I do hope that you have had a blessed Christmas time celebrating and enjoying the free time that you've had, if you have had free time, in the best possible way that you could. Um, and of course, allowing his life, which is already in you and in us to grow and just develop more and more. Um, and also extending that life out to those around us in any way that we can. So I hope that that's what we've been doing and I hope that you've had a wonderful time. Um, to those who have perhaps been on their own, then of course that is much more difficult, much more challenging. But I hope that you know that you were loved and you were cared for, very precious to us. And uh, I do hope that you get to hear this as well and feel encouraged uh, because you are never alone. He's always with us. So what a year we have lived through and experienced. A year like none other, unprecedented, I think is a word that we could use. There's been a great pressing. Um, we believe that there's going to be some newness that's coming out of it. Uh, and of course, we hope that we've learned to live life uh, in an even deeper and better way. Although it's not been easy and it's been very challenging. So, the word that I want to share with you uh, this morning, of course, this is pre-recorded, so it's not actually morning. As you will see, it's quite dark, but... Um, the word that we've recorded um, it will provoke you I have no doubt um, it'll cause a stir hopefully some movement in you a manifestation beyond normal I'm not sure uh, I also hope that you will be encouraged and built and if I upset you or offend you uh, I actually make no apology for that uh, I think that that is part of my uh, gift, my life to you. Um, and I take, it's a privilege for me to uh, take the opportunity to bend your mind a little bit. Perhaps uh, cause your heart as well as my heart to humble a little bit. Um, but in the end, I thank God for the opportunity and the privilege of being able to share with you. And I do hope that this year, 2021, is going to be a little bit uh, better than last year. We don't know what's on the other side. And of course, I am going to talk about what is at the other side. Jesus said, let us go. Let us cross over to the other side. Well, I'm going to talk about that today. And I'm going to take, this is what I'm going to call this word, the pillow and the windstorm. The pillow and the windstorm, uh, a word for the new year, hopefully. And we're going to look at uh, Mark chapter 3 and into chapter 4. Um, and I'll read a few verses from there. Uh, Mark chapter 3 and verse 24 says this, it's Jesus speaking. He says, if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. Um, so that's fairly straightforward. A kingdom 
divided against itself is not going to stand. Whether it's the United Kingdom, uh, whether it's a bigger kingdom, a smaller kingdom, it really doesn't matter. A kingdom that's divided against itself, according to Jesus, it, it cannot stand. As a household divided against itself cannot stand. And of course, what we've been seeing this year is a testing of every kingdom and every household. And in fact, even ourselves internally, we have been tested. Uh, and of course, this has been through that shaking that we talked about. I remember before even last year began, uh, we spoke about the shaking that was going to occur in which everything that could be shaken would be shaken. And of course, we've certainly seen that. Um, and our very being, our self, our very being has been shaken during this year. Um, so, what, what happened during the last year has pressed us beyond anything that we've ever experienced before. At least uh, the generation who have no memories of the war, the Second World War. Of course, there's those who fought during the war. I think that most of that generation has passed away now, but there's many who remember being children uh, during that time, and that was a very chal challenging time for them. But I think for us, for my generation, and for those who are younger, I think this has been a great pressing, a great shaking, a stirring, a time that we've never seen, and I think that the world has probably never endured together like this. Um, and of course, we've got to be careful that we don't forget what those people who went before us actually gave up their lives for, what the sacrifice was all about. It was about freedom. It was about democracy. And, and the, the, the fight that we presently are finding ourselves in is not only a fight about uh, a pandemic. It's not only that fight. It's much bigger than that. It's actually, I think we're going to find out, a fight for our freedom, for our democratic uh, life that we have lived up to this present time. Uh, I think we're going to find a, a great fight going on for that in the, in the days to come. Um, I just want to share this uh, from, from Mark chapter 3. So it's the same chapter, but I want to put into context what, what Jesus was talking about. So this is what it says here. It says, uh, verse 1 to 4, And he entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a withered hand. So they watched him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, Step forward. Then he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. So, of course, this is very interesting because we know that Jesus came to bring peace and goodness. That's how the angels came. Um, they came talking of, a, of goodwill to man and peace on the earth. Uh, that's what Jesus is. That's what he brings. It's what he carries. It's the environment he creates all around him. Um, so he did, bring a, he did come to bring peace and, and goodness. He came with solutions. He came with keys. 
He came with life and life abundant. That's what he talked about, John 10, 10. Um, He didn't take life. He didn't steal life. He didn't destroy life. He didn't lock life down. He did none of those things. He gave life continually, all the time. Um, You could say that he took the lid off the coffin, off the limitations, off the boundaries, and has never stopped doing that. That's what he did. That's, his whole life did that. He took the lid off. He, he, no boundaries, no limitations could stop him. No hindrances. Um, and of course, he'll never stop doing that. No matter our fear, your fear, my fear, he's never going to stop taking the lid off the boundaries, off the, off the limitations that we feel, off the fears. He's going to take it off all the time. At the same time as that, he was uncovering And exposing all sorts of fears and insecurities and hidden motivations. Things that were in the character that had remained undisturbed for many years. Jesus was doing this all the time that he was moving around and talking to people in the synagogues, in the the towns, the villages. He he was uh, bringing forth the things that had been undiscovered and hidden inside people for many years. Um, All of that was getting moved. It was being shifted like tectonic plates under the earth, uh, moving beneath the earth. That's what happens when the kingdom comes within. Uh, And the truth is that much of the external press that we have now felt over the last year, much of that, uh, that press has, has... has caused something that the Spirit of God should have been allowed to work on before we ever got to this moment. You understand me? This, this is now causing things that the Spirit should have been working on long before this time ever happened. All those fears, all those insecurities, all those deep down worries, all those concerns, the Spirit of God in a Christian should have been causing these things already to have arisen, to come to the surface so that he could have dealt with it. Um, But of course, if we've not allowed that, then these external pressures now are causing those internal pressures to come up. There's no place to hide. And that's where where we've been in much of this time. It's all coming out. Um, Things that Jesus was saying and doing by the power of the Spirit were causing a great deal of disturbance and challenge. He was bringing life and they didn't want the abundant life that he offered. The truth was that the life they had, they were in the end quite happy to keep that life. That's the truth. I know we don't like to hear it, but that is the truth. I mean, can you imagine Jesus came to heal a man who had a withered hand and all the people that were watching him could think about was actually accusing him of doing something on a Sabbath. It's the wrong day, Jesus. You, you mustn't do this on this day. It's the wrong day. They couldn't think about the man with a withered hand who had been in that state for years and years. All they could think about were the limitations, the fears, the, the, the lid that had been put on them. That's all they could think about. Just keep that there. That's how we live. Don't disturb our normal. And Jesus came to disturb that. Um, 
It's an amazing to think about it. This is what he says. He says, he said, step forward to this man. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? Just think that he even had to say this. He was about to heal a man and he had to justify himself to other people around saying, is it, is it right to bring life or is it a right to kill? Wow. But they kept silent. And when he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and immediately plotted with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. You see that? The Pharisees and the Herodians. The Herod was the political side. The Pharisees were the religious side. Those two together were coming together to try and destroy life, to try and put the lid back on this abundant life that Jesus had. That's what they were trying to do. And, and you remember that Jesus said that this was like the, uh, the leaven in the loaf that spoiled the loaf. It spoiled the life. It took away the life. So we have to be careful for the Pharisees and the Herodians, the, the religious people and the political people, because in the end, they don't really understand life or have life in the same way. Certainly in the, the days of Jesus, this was true. But this is what Jesus said to the man. He said, step forward. Sometimes the only way to get to where you need to be is to step forward. Marking time's not helpful. Doing the thing that you've done for ever so long is not helpful. It's not getting you to the place that you need to be. So you need to do something different. And Jesus said to him, step forward. Not only did he say step forward, he said, stretch out your hand. So Jesus was asking him to begin to move in a new dimension. This was something new. Maybe you felt embarrassed. Maybe you felt fearful. Maybe you felt all sorts of things. But Jesus said, step forward. So he's moving out of himself. Stretch your hand out. So now he's, he's moving beyond what is normal. As he did that, Jesus met him. And... Of course, if you don't do this, you stay where you've always been. And we've said it many times. The man had to step forward. Maybe you have to step forward. The other thing that was interesting about this is that it says, and when he had looked around at them with anger, uh, oh no, it says, sorry, is it lawful on a Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. Well, I've heard it said that you can't, you can't misquote silence, therefore it's good to be quiet. I've also heard it said that silence speaks louder than words. Whatever you think about this, sometimes it's necessary to speak. Sometimes it's necessary to say what you actually believe. It's not, it's not always about being right or wrong, because right and wrong, what is that? It's not about that, it's about... Allowing what is inside of you to come out of you. For you to say what is in you. For you to respond to what is going on. But of course in this time, there's been a great deal of silence. There's been a lot of people sitting on the fence, being quiet, just watching, not saying anything. But at some point, you will have to say something. 
because right now there's a need to move forward there's a need to move out of ourselves into something new and if we don't move forward if we don't speak if we don't respond then actually we're not going to get any further and, and this is really interesting um, because it says and he looked around at them with anger being grieved by the hardness of their hearts so there were two things here Jesus was not only angry but he was also grieved and I've got to say someone asked me the other day what do you feel like Paul in all of this and I've got to say I have felt both angry and grieved Angry because there's an awful lot of silence. There's an awful lot of people sitting on the fence who just, uh, they sit there because they dare not say one way or another what they actually think. But inside they think something, but they're just not responding. And also there's no stepping forward. There's no movement in faith. There's no response. Well, to me, if there's no response, if there's no faith, Jesus can't give that miracle because that miracle always comes through an ins instruction and when we, when we move out, something happens. But he can't meet us in any other place. He's done everything. He just needs us to step into what he's done. So Jesus was both angry and grieved by their lack of responses, their total silence. Their ability to sit on the fence, to... to, to afraid to make any judgment and I don't mean a judgment in terms of condemnation I mean a judgment in terms of what's actually going on what do I actually believe what do I actually think about what's happening what is going on inside me what do I need to say how do I need to respond too afraid in many instances to stand with what they believe may be true what what may be just what may be fair what may be right so of course, we know this as well, that Jesus knew, knew he, he looked at people and he knew them, he just knew what was going on inside. Because we can't say that in the way that Jesus can say it, but we can say it a little bit. But he did know people as he looked at them, he knew what, was, what they were really thinking. Um, but can you imagine that for bringing life, they wanted to kill him? They wanted to accuse him, that was verse 2. They plotted against him in verse 6. They wanted to destroy him. I mean, that's a strong word. They actually wanted to destroy him because the desire in his heart was so great to see people in freedom that they, they just couldn't deal with it. He wanted to take the lid off, wanted to break the bondage, but they couldn't deal with it. And their response was destruction. Wow, that's amazing to me. And in verse 21 of this same chapter, it says that they said he was out of his mind. Wow, those are big things, aren't they? So, kingdoms, households are going to be shaken. Things are shifting. And that is the truth, that everything that can be shaken will be shaken including our families, all our little kingdoms, all our big kingdoms, the UK, wow, we're going through a shaking, aren't we? All the kingdoms around us going through a shaking, no doubt about it. Your family, my family, all our families. Why? 
Why? Because you need to know what you believe, why you believe it, who you believe. God knows already because he sees you and he knows you. But you need to know that. You need to know why you believe what you believe and why you do the things you do. What's the point of it? What's the reason for it? It's not just a set of beliefs that you believe. I mean, if that's, if that's what you believe, you might as well just throw it out the window right now. It's got to be heart belief. And if it's heart belief, there's actions that follow it. So he already knows, but it's time that you and I knew. Now, Mark 3 and 31 to 35, this is what he says. So he's speaking to people and he's just talked about kingdoms. Uh, kingdoms that are divided against themselves are gonna, they're not going to stand. Households are not going to stand. Then what happens is he's teaching people and it says they sat round him as he's teaching them. His own family come to him. I just, now, I don't apologise because time's moving on and something's happening and we have to get to a grip with these things. This is what it says. Then his brothers and his mother came and standing outside they sent to him, calling him. And a multitude was sitting around him and they said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. But he answered them, saying, Who is my mother or my brothers? And he looked around in the circle at those who sat about him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and mother. Wow. But you understand me? So he sat around with, with people around him and he's teaching and they're talking together and sharing together. And then his family come and immediately put demands and expectations on Jesus. That's what they do. Expectations, demands, straight away. They sent for him. They called him. They expected him to go to them. They demanded that he be with them. That's what they were doing. And they were outside that which he was presently doing. But Jesus knew this. Jesus knew that all his life, up to this point, he'd given to his family. He'd given everything that he possibly could to his family. This is what Jesus knew. He knew that his life had already been given, that he'd already loved, that he'd already been with them. And now there was a new moment in his life where he had to begin to move out into another dimension, into another sphere that was bigger than his own family. That's what he knew. So he didn't have any bad conscience about it. He didn't feel guilty about it because he knew he'd already been giving his life to his family. Now, not only did his family put expectations and demands on him, but the society around him put demands and expectations on him as well. Because this is what it says. And the multitude that was sitting around him, they said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. So, all of those around him had also been taught that family was number one. But I want to tell you right now, no apologies for it whatsoever. Family is not number one. God is number one. You are here 
for the purpose of loving and living your life for God and being an example of his life into those lives around you. That's your number one purpose. It's your number one purpose to your wife or to your husband. It's your number one purpose to your children. It's your number one purpose to everyone around you. You are here for this relationship with the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit in your being, connecting at that place in intimate relationship and learning to live that life in, out. In, out. And being an example. Your number one priority is not your family. Your number one priority is God. Everything else comes after that. And Jesus made no bones about this whatsoever. None. And can I just say that if you've been taught that family is number one, it's false teaching. Jesus did not teach that at all. But of course... God put us in families in order that we might, for that very purpose, bring people into an example of loving God and living for the kingdom. That is my whole life. Of course, I am married. Of course, I have children. But my number one priority is living with God and then showing who God is to my wife, to my children, and to my extended family. This is what he says, clear and simple. Who is my mother or my brothers? And he looked around them in a circle, which is a sphere, his God-given sphere. And those who sat about him and said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother, my sister, and my mother. Profound. This is what Jesus was saying right now he knew that it was the will of God for him to be doing and to be with those people that he was with in that very moment he had no qualms about it his family put expectations on him the society put expectations on him but God Jesus went actually no right now I'm meant to be with these people right here and you know what them being with him put them in the will of God as well. No qualms about it. Wow, it's amazing. What kind of time are we coming to now? We're coming to a time, and we've seen it, haven't we? We've seen, even with the Brexit issue, even with some of the issues around COVID and around the virus, around what's right and what's wrong, we've seen that families are struggling because even in households, People, people are trying to find themselves. What, what do they actually believe? What, what's right to do? What's wrong to do? What's the right thing? Well, of course, no one can... I, I can't make your choices for you. No one can. You have got to make those choices. And, of course, where there's children and little children, of course, mum and dad or, or guardians that look after them are the ones that they can look up to to help make those choices. But... You have got a choice to make in your life. Now, Matthew 10, verse 34 to 39, this is just a little digression. It says here, this is what Jesus said. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. Do not come, I did not 
come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Breathe. Wow. And of course, what what happens is we read this and it seems contrary to to what we know, because we know that peace and goodwill came with Jesus. We know the answers and the solutions came with Jesus. We know that Jesus came to take away all sin, all transgression, everything that was separating us. We know that. He came for peace and restoration. That's what we know. But of course, if we do not understand the day of our visitation, if we don't discern that he's here, that he's speaking with us, that he gives us the truth to set us free, if we don't discern those things and receive those things, then actually we live on the opposite side of it. And it's not God that actually causes these uh, problems in the households, in, 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 in kingdoms. It's the refusal to receive the truth in his grace. That's the other side of it. Because we know restoration, restoration, restoration. We know the Lord's Prayer. We know that he wants the kingdom of heaven on the earth and his will to be done as it is in heaven on the earth. We know that. So, Okay, so just running into chapter 4, not going to be so much longer now, but it says that he began to teach by the sea. And interestingly, in amongst what he was teaching, he said some amazing things. I mean, he he was saying amazing things all the time. And just with what he said before, you know, you just go, I'm taking a breath. I keep smiling, keep going. but but, But these are challenging things. They're not easy things. I'm not saying it's easy. They're challenging, but he gives us the grace and he gives us the spirit so that we can move with him. Um, but as he's speaking to them, he's speaking to them in parables. And he says to his disciples, he says to you, it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables. In other words, as those who were disciples who were learning in submission and in obedience to another who was the master teacher, the master of all things. As they were learning like that in submission and in obedience, they put themselves in a place to be able to hear and receive kingdom uh, mysteries. So Jesus spoke a parable and, and everybody heard the parable, but not everybody understood it. And some heard it at this level, But then Jesus took it to a whole other level. And those people who were learning in submission, who were learning in obedience, who wanted to be like the master, who were humbling the heart, those people who were disciples, real disciples. I'm not talking about churchgoers. I'm not talking about seat warmers. I'm talking about real disciples. Those who were real disciples, even though they heard it just like everybody else heard it, it suddenly dropped another place. And they saw the mystery of the kingdom in it. 
And that's the only way that you can see the kingdom. You have to be a disciple. There's no other way to see it. So it's very interesting what he said. He said, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, and of course we don't like talking about inside and outside, but Jesus was saying that there's, there's those who see it on this level, and then there's those that see it at this level, and they get the mystery of it. They, get the, the, they perceive it in a different way. They see it and hear it in a different way. He says, all things come in parables uh, so that seeing they may see and not perceive. And hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Wow. Wow. So, are you seeing? Are you hearing? Are you perceiving? And the question is this, if you're not, it's not because Jesus doesn't want to reveal it. It's perhaps because you've not yet come to that place where you've really decided to be a disciple. When you get to that place, something else will take place. So, anyway, going on through this chapter, in, in, in verse 33, no, yes, verse 33, it says this, And with many such parables he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. And of course... I am trying all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm asking for grace all the time because I feel like a lot of the time the Lord's showing me things for, for things that are perhaps ahead. And I realize that not everybody is in the same place. So we're all at different places. And we, and, and we need to be able to come as a body of people corporately and receive the prophetic word and move forward together. Now, of course, Jesus was phenomenal at this. He spoke the word as they were able to hear it. You remember sometimes he said to the disciples, you're not able to hear it right now. You can't hear it right now. But he knew where everybody was and he was trying to bring them not only individually, but together as a body of people, he was trying to bring them into the future in the way that the future was going to unfold as he was seeing it. That's what he was trying to do. Um, but it says that when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. That's beautiful, isn't it? And I know that there's been many people who have felt terribly alone during this season. They've not been surrounded by family or friends or colleagues. And they've not enjoyed beautiful times together, surrounded by others that love them. They felt completely alone. And I have talked to many people like that. And of course, for those people that have not felt that, for those people that have been surrounded by family and friends and who have been furloughed and they've had everything that they've needed and everything else, well, that's beautiful. And thank God for that. But please don't forget those people that don't have it as good as you have it, that are not in that situation because their situation is much more dire and much more challenging than your situation. And we have thousands and millions of people like this in this country right now. And if we have it in this country, we have it in many, many other nations of the world right now. We mustn't forget those people. We must remember. And if we're blessed, then we thank God. If we've learned things, we thank God. But 
Don't rejoice and forget those people that are going through those difficult times because there's many people who have felt really alone, deeply grieved and often overwhelmed with sadness. The one encouraging thing that I can say is that when you're alone, Jesus is always with you. Of course, Jesus is always with you all the time. But when you're alone, you've got to really pull that truth and that promise to yourself. Jesus is with you. He lives within you. That's his promise to you. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. He's there with you in that moment, in this time. Um, and it's also, when we're alone, we don't have distractions around us. So we can use this. We don't have the distractions that everybody else is taken up with. Neither do we have the justifications that everybody else uses to not be alone. And this is what we've got to remember, that he's always in the boat with you. He's always in the boat with you. He lives in you, he abides in you, he dwells with you. The Spirit of God is with you. You are not alone. This is what he said. It said, verse 35 of chapter 4 says this, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Fantastic sentence. Let's cross over to the other side. In other words, we are crossing over to the other side. I think in one or two of the Gospels it says, And he made them get into the boat. Or oh, that's the inference. Although they chose to get into the boat, he actually made them get into the boat. But, and I think they thought they had the choice, but they didn't really have the choice. And I've talked about that before. But anyway, they got into the boat and he said, we are going over the other side. That's the good news. It's just that I don't know what the other side looks like yet. But we are going the other side. Just like Israel crossed to the other side of the Red Sea. You remember? And it's a fascinating, fascinating thought that they came to this place and the whole of Egypt's behind them on horses, shouting the war cries, and it looks like they've nowhere to go but the sea. And it says, he stretched out the staff, and the sea parted, and they walked through. It didn't part just before they... At the moment they needed the sea to part, it parted, but not a moment before. We'd like it a moment before, wouldn't we? In fact, we'd like it some weeks before. Please, if at all possible, even months before, that's what we like, but we see that it's, it's just at the right time, and just at the right time feels like it's the wrong time, doesn't it? Lazarus died and Jesus waited four days. What's that about? And everyone were going, why did you wait so long? But Jesus has got his own timetable in the midst of everything. But anyway, the Red Sea opens. We're right at that place where we need a number of huge, huge miracles, don't we? We need those miracles for all of us. The world needs some miracles right now. But that's good because on, on that curve, on that incredible curve, that's where he meets us, right there. So it says this, it's so interesting because it says, Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. Well, yeah, if you took me in the boat, of course, you take me as I am. 
what a strange way awry in a gospel of as he was. Yeah, well, this is, this is the thing. Jesus lives in you by his spirit as he is. He's in your boat as he is. He didn't come compartmentalised. He didn't come in different segments. He came to you and lives in you as he is. I am who I am. And you are who you are. But when I say, I am Paul, I am is twice as big as Paul, isn't it? I am, who I am, lives in me. I am Paul, well, there's double as much Jesus as there is Paul. That's the good news. And that's the same for you. I am, who I am, lives in you right now. And he comes in the way that he is. Of course he does. He comes as he is. And that's the good news, isn't it? And he's in the boat. He's in this boat. He's in your boat. He's in my boat. He's in our boat. He's in this boat with us right now. That's the truth. And there's a windstorm, a whirlwind, a tornado, a hurricane, a vortex, a pressure that is enormous. Shaking, shifting, uncertainty, unprecedented times. We are in a boat and we are going through a storm. But he's with us. That's beautiful, isn't it? And it says in verse 37, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. It was already filling. That is surely a sinking feeling, isn't it? Have you felt that feeling? I tell you, more than once I have felt that feeling. And it's okay. We are human. You cannot deliver the human out of a human. We are human. That is what makes the glory of God so incredibly powerful and special, that we are human. And yes, we have those sinking feelings. We have those moments where we have no clue as to what is going on. But it's okay, he's in the boat. He's with us. He's with us. The boat was, it looks like it was already filling. That means it's getting wet inside the boat. It looks like they're going down. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. Yeah. Well, I want to share something that happened to me that was very personal. It happened to me on the 21st of the 11th, 2020. So, just a couple of weeks ago. About 3.30 in the morning. And I'd been awake for probably one hour already. So, 2.30 I woke up and I was suffering the most intense arrhythmia that I have ever suffered. Um, and it was quite frightening, I've got to say. I, w I, w I, w I was a little frightened at that time. Um, it was intense. I was on the verge of ringing the ambulance uh, because it felt like my heart was taking a pounding. And don't worry, I know that many of you are going to be concerned and worry. Don't worry. I did talk to the doctor afterwards. I have talked and sorted things out as best I can. Don't worry about it. It's okay. But when this happened, I began to speak in my tears to Jesus. And he began to speak to me. I felt terribly alone. And not a little concerned that I might not actually make it. That's what I really felt like. Now, this is not a new place for me. I've been uh, and 
Ian is here with me now and others have been with me on trips. This has been uh, some an occurrence that has happened often to me that I have been on the edge of life and death. At least that is what it has felt like to me. Um, and somehow he always meets me in it. And this was no different. The waves and the pillow. And this is what he said to me. So from half past two to half past three, I sat in my lounge and did everything that I know to do, as well as made myself a cup of tea and tried to calm down all the time. I'm getting the arrhythmia. Uh, and it's, it's very disconcerting when it happens. Those who have experienced it will know that. Um, but now, I went back to bed and I had three pillows. So I, I was propping myself up a little bit. And I felt the Lord speak to me about this passage. So I had my Bible there. I had, uh, I had my phone. And I began to write down the thoughts that were coming to me. The very strong impressions. I felt as though... I'd entered into a conversation with Jesus himself who was with me as I was leant against the pillows. And this is what he said to me. I want to help you rest in the boat when the storm is raging. Rest in your head on the pillow. Trust is different to faith. I've heard all you ever said but I've been teaching you the difference. Trust is resting in me, resting in the source. Faith is moving in me. Faith is creating and directing the power. You have to know when to move and when to rest. Each carries its own power. When you rest, your spirit is alive and the power of life is flowing under, through and above the issue and the storm. When you release creative faith, you are directing power in a particular way. You feel sick and sad because your body wants to control your feelings and movements and cannot. But your spirit is becoming stronger and keeping you in the midst of the storm. Joy comes in the morning. But I want you to experience astonishment and amazement, not at your ability, but in the source that upholds your life. I love you, son, and I am always with you, even when you don't feel me or know my immediate presence. I am your pillow, and you can rest. Nothing can happen to you before your time, and even when things do happen, I want you to go from strength to strength and glory to glory. When it is time, then you can speak to the storms, whether electrical, physical, or spiritual, or all three. 
Speak to the waves of doubt and confusion and the cloud of darkness and demonic death, the terror that stalks. I want you to speak. You will feel tired because your body has had to let go of its control and your mind its strength to hold. This is contrary to normal natural physical motion. But as you remain in my rest, your strength is renewed and your physical body is restored so that my essence and attributes will flow cleanly and clearly. The tributaries will flow in the right directions. That the depths will be strengthened and established and the currents of your body will connect and run properly. The spirit of life will bring order where there has been disorder and fear. Don't be sorry, son. It's not always easy or comfortable. Learning to live in my spirit and from the source of life is a lesson that has no equal. You have had many such lessons and you will have many more. Now you can sleep and continue to rest your head in my pillow. Interestingly, possibly the minute after he said that and I wrote it and put the full stop, within a minute I was asleep, which was incredible. And of course, again, I, I was reminded with, with Ian sat here, I was reminded that I have on occasion seen and we have seen storms rolling from nowhere and storms roll out. We have seen volcanoes literally erupting. Um, and of course, the outward things sometimes are much more easier than the inward things. For instance, it's, it's much easier to pray for someone who is sick than to pray for yourself. It, for some reason, it's much more difficult to pray for yourself. But of course, this was all about what was going on inside of me. And yes, it was physical, but he was addressing it at a deeper, much deeper spiritual level. And of course, you will probably have to listen to that again and again, because if it's going to be helpful to you, you may have heard something in that word uh, as I spoke it. But there's much in that word. And the more that I've read it, the more that I see um, but it was an amazing word that I received and I, f I felt as though he was saying that what we're going to go ahead into now is a time where there's going to be some huge shocks. They're going to be like shock waves. It's going to be like shock and awe. And some of those shocks are going to be good shocks and some of them are going to be bad shocks. Things that were unexpected altogether. But we should not worry and of course I can say we should not worry I can say we should not be afraid but of course inside we all know that we have insecurities we have these fears we have these hidden hidden things that are going on inside us God knows about it there's no condemnation but he wants us to be able to deal with those and he wants for us to meet him in it somewhere and to be able to lean on the pillow that he really is he is your source he is your strength. You are not it. 
You are not it. You don't have it. He is your life. He is your source. And right now, it is really important that we find him as we find ourselves. It's really important. Everything that you know to do, keep doing it. I have no idea what is going to unfold in these days that are coming. I know this, that the knowledge of the glory of God is going to increase incredibly. There's going to be a great harvest, I know that. There's going to be some incredible things that happen on the earth. But we have to be ready. Everyone has to be ready. In 2021, you have to be ready for what is about to take place. I can't make you ready, but I can encourage you to get ready, to spend some time with Jesus and get ready. And remember the things that I've sp spoken about. Kingdoms cannot stand that are divided. Households cannot stand that are divided. Families, even this family, must find a place to be together. Together. And yes, we may agree to disagree. We, we may find that we just roll together in everything that's good. That's great. But we're going to have to find ourselves in Jesus and we're going to have to find ourselves in his life, in his source. He is the source. You are not. You are not big enough for what's about to happen. He is big enough. So you can rest your head on the pillow and know that you're going to get to the other side. We are going to the other side. And this is what it said, just to finish. I, I was reminded about this in Joshua chapter 3 and verse 2 or 4. It says, so after three days, after three days, the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark, of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites bearing it. Then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. We're going to the other side. We've not been there before. It's a new place we're going, but we are going to get there, and we are going with Jesus, and he is in us. And we are going to conquer and overcome whatever is there on the other side. So I just want to pray for you right now. Father, I want to thank you so much for your word. I want to thank you, Jesus, that you are the word, the living word. And Holy Spirit, that you make that word alive to us and within us. And Father, I can share, I can teach, I can preach, I can get excited. But Lord, in the end, I know it's all about you and it's you that leads us and guides us Lord and you bring us in and out Father we we move in and out through you Jesus and Lord we are gonna make that crossing you've said we're going over we are going over Lord we don't know where we're going we've not passed this way before but we are looking to you Jesus and even now Father for those who have felt overwhelmed Father who have felt very challenged, Lord, with what is going on. Father, I just want to thank you that they can rest their heads 
on the pillow that you are Jesus and that we can rest and find faith and as we rest Lord we will find that faith and we'll be able to speak to the mountains we'll be able to speak to the waves we'll be able to speak to the storms Lord and we will come through to the other side with you and together and we are looking for the knowledge of the glory of God to be revealed in ever increasing measure and we thank you Lord that we've made it this far with you Lord and we're going all the way and we thank you so much in Jesus' name Lord thank you so much bless you all have a wonderful day and I'll see you soon